0: I'd like to welcome you all to the On Purpose podcast, the podcast that is for advisors by advisors. I am your host, Tyrone Ross, and we'll be taking you on this journey as we endeavor to educate the investment advisors all over the country as it pertains to crypto assets. We have some really cool things that we do here where I let folks endeavor to give their topics on all things crypto, whether that's pro or con. But at the end of the day, we are looking to inspire educate and motivate financial advisors to be involved for their clients, educated for their clients, and ultimately, as we all know, as investment advisors, to be fiduciaries and giving best-in-class advice to our clients. So join me, like, share, subscribe, wherever you stream your favorite podcasts, and whatever you do in life, do it on purpose. I appreciate you.
1: You're listening to On Purpose with
0: Tyrone Ross, brought to you by the Coindesk Podcast Network this show is for advisors by advisors on all things crypto and we appreciate you and now here's tyrone all right welcome to this special edition of the on purpose podcast you knew it was coming everybody the first edition of the crypto haters ball, this is a series that I am looking forward to. Everyone is in for a treat here, whether you like it or love it, or just in the middle somewhere. This will be a lot of fun. I have three of the best and brightest with me: friends, colleagues, fellow haters, supporters of the crypto space. So we go chop it up for a little bit. Getting started again, I'm going to let them make intros for themselves, and we will start with the one and only Courtney Ranch. So please introduce yourself to the people and why you are here. (laughs) Okay. All
2: right. I'm Courtney Randstrom, and I am a partner and one of the co-founders of Trailhead Planners. We are a financial planning firm in Minneapolis and Portland. I'm based out of Portland. I have two business partners in Minneapolis, and we do holistic financial planning. So it's financial planning, investment management, tax planning, and tax preparation for our clients. And I also have a kind of a sub little passion focus on ESG, environmental, social governance criteria and investing.
0: Oh, okay. So you guys should be buying Bitcoin, ESG. Awesome. All right. So next up, Manish, introduce yourself and let the people know why you're here.
3: Yes, sir. My name is Manish Kada. I'm the president of Potomac Fund Management. We are a TAMP as well as a model strategist provider for financial advisors. I am here because every time someone mentions Bitcoin on Twitter, I respond with a fairy dust gif. And so that's why I'm here.
0: All right. Love it. Love it. Mr. Colvin, Ronnie Colvin, introduce yourself to the people and tell them
1: why you're here. Oh, Ronnie Colvin, I am. I'm I'm relatively new to this industry. I'm a a late career changer. So I've been an advisor for about five and a half years now. And I'm in the middle of I'm still in the the startup stage getting registered for my uh, RIA, French Press Financial Services. I am here because while I have a a technical background and I understand how it works, the value of it, uh, the value proposition of the whole thing is still questionable (laughs) in my mind. That's kind of why I'm here. And every time I ask some of the questions on Twitter, I get the Bitcoin fixes this or have fun staying poor uh, or you just don't get it and just gets up my nose. So that's why I'm here.
2: Oh, I forgot to say why I'm here. So the reason I'm here is I don't like anything that gets people super, super excited, especially when it comes to money. Because I think that finances, especially like investments, should be pretty, pretty bland. And that excitement, I think, leads to irrational behavior. So that's why I'm here. I'm just really skeptical of things that make you super, super excited, except for maybe like fun life events, like having kids or getting married or I don't know, maybe even getting divorced. So fair. Yeah.
0: So let, let's stay right there. So I think we start the conversation again. I'll stay with you, Courtney. We'll just open it up. Expand on that a little bit. So outside of the irrational exuberance that surrounds the crypto hippies like myself, <laughs> what is it? what is it that you either see or have read? Like, what was the thing that really turns you off or that continues to turn you off as it pertains now, again, not just in general, I want to keep this to our colleagues, our peers. As it pertains to financial advisors and the financial advisory wealth management space, like what is the major turnoff or the thing for you that's kind of like, I can't embrace it?
2: I think the big thing for me is that cryptocurrencies, they have no intrinsic value. You know, so if Bitcoin goes down, there's no way to know what the downside is. So it's not like a stock where you have the earning power of the business, along with the capital assets of the company. So even if the stock goes way down, there is still value there behind that company. And so then since we don't know what that downside is, and we've been in kind of a cryptocurrency bull market for quite a while now, you know, this becomes a risk management problem for for advisors, you know, and that kind of leads me to my second issue, which is we don't know how cryptocurrencies work in different markets. You know, our data for Bitcoin is just really limited and it's really only taken place during a a U.S. stock bull market. I want to see how it performs in different markets. To kind of help appease that risk management side of things. Like honestly, a lot of it is I just need more data, but also I need better regulations too, because it's confusing. Like we don't necessarily know how it's treated, you know, for tax purposes, there's capital gains, but just buying a cup of coffee with Bitcoin, you know, results in a, a gain loss transaction. And there's a lot of logistical challenges to that. And people aren't necessarily educated on how to report everything accurately, you know, on their tax forms. And I I consider that, you know, somewhat problematic as well.
0: Sounds good. So again, Manish, I don't remember the tweet, but I literally laughed out loud when I read it. And you were, I don't know if you were responded or you tweeted it, but you were like, you guys need to relax. The only advisors that care about Bitcoin are on Twitter or something like that. You said, I don't, I don't remember the tweet. But it, it was so true. And it like it kind of stung because it's like you leave, you go to LinkedIn, you don't see all the hype and stuff that you see on Twitter. But talk about that. Expanding on what Courtney said, like, what is the thing for you as far as advisors, just our space
3: in general, where you're like, all right, come on, guys, what are we doing here? It's so new, right? The advisors we deal with, and it doesn't come up ever. Like no one really asked me about crypto uh, in terms of housing and inclined accounts and dealing with it. And part of that may be the fact that, that's not available, which I know OnRamp is obviously working towards. And so in my circles, it's just about growing your business, you know, asset allocation, managing the funds. No one's really asking about that. And maybe that's just a generational thing where you know, our advisors tend to skew a little older and, and their clients probably aren't asking for this. And so when I get on Twitter, it's crypto, but like in real life, the advisors we deal with, it doesn't actually even get asked. I mean, we did an April Fool's joke about NFTs and I got more questions about what the hell an NFT even is than about anything else, right? And so I think my biggest concern comes down to the regulation side of it, not the tax side, but the fact that stroke of a pen, climate change, you know, they can put something down that kills Bitcoin. Uh, Regulations, news coming out of India where if you're trying to stop black market transactions, whatever you want to call it. You know, they can put an end to that, and the fact that you know, at what point do governments who have their own currency and own motivations step in to say, "Hey, enough of this." Of course, you can make the argument that they can do that to any company, but the chances are obviously increased with an unregulated, in my opinion, unregulated currency of whatnot.
0: Okay, and Ronnie, I know you and I have had some back and forth, and and I have a personal rule on Twitter where I don't beef on Twitter. I don't do Twitter beef. Like I don't do the keyboard Twitter finger things and usually with, you know, anonymous accounts and stuff like that, because they come after us pretty good and some of us are there. But I found the dialogue with you to be true and real and respectful. And that's really what I care about at the end of the day. I don't really care about changing people's mind. I want to open it, right? And have really good dialogue. And I really do appreciate that we've, you know, we've been able to do that now. I've I've realized there's some of my peers that you've gotten into it with and they don't care. (laughs) Like they'll come after you and they have. And it just forced me to say something about giving you know advisors some space and grace to be able to learn this. As far as your background, right? And I know you've mentioned this on Twitter as well. Like you come from a technical background, like you can understand some of that. So your view and lens is different. So for you, as you look across Twitter and some of the engagements that you had and just in general, like, what is your main thing where you're just like, this is just goofy?
1: The idea of an electronic currency is not new. What Satoshi, how, how he took it in his white paper, is, or his or her, or their, or whatever, white paper added some new twists to it that made it more viable than previous attempts to make that work, particularly the double spend problem. I mean, for me, in those interactions you're talking about on Twitter, there's so much of this almost cultish attitude of, You know, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and you know intimate relations. (laughs) It's just like, slow down, y'all. This is something you really need to think about. I mean, Manisha's comment about regulation. I mean, if the crypto community thinks that governments that have their own fiat currency are going to just lay back and let you destroy their system, you're nuts. They are going to at some point decide. You're getting too big for your britches. We're going to do something about this. Now, that's either issuing their own version of a digital currency of their fiat, or they're going to regulate or tax out of existence your cryptocurrency. I mean, there's nothing that says, for example, the US government could not say tomorrow when you try to convert your Bitcoin to dollars to go spend it in the dollar economy, we're going to tax that crap at 50%. There's nothing that stops them from doing that if they really wanted to you know, Manisha's point about India, where they're just gonna outright frickin' ban it. <laughs> you can't hold it, you can't transact with it or anything else. Now, how much of that they can truly stop, what the enforcement is, is another story. But the systems of the powers that be will fight back at some point. Right now, you know, the crypto market isn't big enough for them to be concerned about. But at some point, you know, they will do it, whether that's allowing it to flourish and you know codify it a little bit more to Courtney's point about you know, is it property or you know, is it a currency or is it an equity? Whatever its nature is for tax and ownership purposes will become clearer at some point. I mean, even the you know, CFTC and the IRS look at it differently today. So that'll continue to change. But the powers that be will do something about it one way or the other going forward. It's just a question of, you well, know, what is that? I have some technical issues of you know, what the whole thing is and what is it really? You know, what is a Bitcoin? And you know, if you go read the Satoshi paper that you had me do, it's a gold star for doing your math homework. And if you buy Satoshis, you're buying fractional shares of someone else's math homework. That's what you really own. That's what it actually is. Now its effects in the system are another story. What it can do, uh, what it enables is another thing. So there's all kinds of issues with it
4: potentially. Meet Interpop, a super team redefining the future of NFTs and fandom. From comics and trading card games to digital collectibles and everything in between, they are building the architecture of an entirely new landscape of fandom using technology built on the Tezos blockchain to drive their vision. Visit hellointerpop.io to learn more. That's hellointerpop.io to learn more. With The Sun Exchange, you can easily earn Bitcoin while making a positive impact. Visit thesunexchange.com slash coindesk to buy solar cells and automatically lease them to power businesses, schools, and other organizations in sunny emerging markets. You'll earn Bitcoin for 20 years from the clean energy you generate while offsetting your carbon footprint. Get a free solar cell with your first purchase at thesunexchange.com coindesk. That's thesunexchange.com coindesk
3: there is precedent right so india let's stick in that you know i'm indian i got a little bit of inside information but uh, not really i'm joking but they did demonetization right they wanted to bring all the money all the black market money off of the street go read about demonetization where they people were basically burning their notes because they were worthless Because they were going to say, come bring everything in. We're going to redo all the monetary notes and then tax you. And if you don't bring it in, it's worthless. And so criminals who were dealing in that didn't bring it in and they just had paper. And so I think that's the strongest point is that as long as it stays maybe small, maybe no one will bother it. But at some point, if you think that the government's just going to sit back to Ronnie's point and and just let crypto become, you know, and that's what you get the cult people who are like, this is going to take over the dollar, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's just not going to happen. It won't ever happen and the governments won't let it or they'll just tax it out of existence. And so that, that's a huge risk. And so that's my main point with this whole thing is, is the, the governments that can come in and lay the smack down on this whole process.
2: Well, in cryptocurrency, in my mind, really came out as a criticism of our current monetary system. Like it's an evolution of that. And I think that even though it's trying to be different than our current monetary system and like replace it, it doesn't exist without it. You know, like I kind of see that as like the precursor to everything. And maybe the current monetary system is uh, just like a really, really bad parent that needs to be abandoned and cryptocurrency is its child that's going to flourish and be awesome. But I just don't know if that's the case. And I, I worry too that, you know, a lot of the arguments for it end up kind of being similar to like the gold bug argument. We're just kind of replaying that in a different fashion. And at this point, I still have to use my dollars to get Bitcoin. Like it's all still very intertwined. And so I'm not sure how we're going to make the jump from using our dollars to get Bitcoin to just like Bitcoin only transactions.
0: I must say I severely underestimated how hard this would be for me. (laughs) I have flames at the top of my head right now. This is crazy. I put you guys on the spot with this and I want truthful answers. And this is why I wanted you all in here is I know I would get truthful answers and especially from Manish and and Courtney, like you guys, you don't sugarcoat it. And I know you guys are empathetic as well. So I won't say biggest client in terms of you just value people just on how much money they have with you. But your biggest or most valuable client comes to you, this podcast is over you, that client calls and says, I want Bitcoin. I want access to Bitcoin. I want your opinion on it. How do I get it? Courtney, what do you say?
2: I am still telling people that at this point, don't invest more in Bitcoin than you're willing to lose. That presents a bit of a risk management problem, I think for advisors, because I'm like, why would I tell you to invest in something that could lose everything?
0: So you're, you're okay with clients doing it away from you?
2: I want to be involved in that conversation, especially if we're doing their taxes. And we talk about like the tax implications and kind of what their plan is for that, you know, what the plan is for currency. As a financial planning aside, like I really feel strongly that people need to have a plan for their money. Like your money goes in kind of different buckets, but like all of your money needs to have a purpose. So it's like, what is Bitcoin's purpose in your portfolio? If it's purely like speculative, can you afford to lose it all? Or are you not there yet?
0: Manish. I'm your client. I want Bitcoin. I've been with you forever. I started as a $5 account. Now I'm 5 million. I want Bitcoin. Give it to me.
3: Now I got kids to feed. Uh, I'm calling Tyrone and OnRamp and I'm learning about it and getting it going. I'm asset class agnostic. Just because I don't give a shit about it doesn't mean that my clients don't. So if it comes to the point where there's a demand, like I said, I got kids to feed. I'm going to put that demand in place and I'm going to move on. But I'm still going to talk shit on Twitter But I'm still gonna do it. (laughs) Man, I love you. That's
0: why I wanted you here. God, I love you to death. You gotta love Manish, man. Ronnie, you start your RIA, the first client that comes in, dynastic wealth, they're gonna make your career. But the
1: first thing they want is Bitcoin and your opinion on it. What do you say? Knock yourself out. But let's figure out from your, like Courtney's perspective, let's figure out from your entire financial picture what your allocation to it should be, what its maximum should be. You know how much you want to put in it, and what you, know, given everything else you want to accomplish, what it shouldn't be. You know, like more than five percent or you know one or two percent. I don't care. That's fine. If that's what you want, and you've identified that that's an asset class you want to participate in, great. But you know, limit your exposure to it. You know, if you're gonna, yolo, I'm hundred percent in everything I own is gonna be in Bitcoin. It's like I can't help you, brother. Well, hold on,
3: Ronnie, I think this is a good time for the story real quick, because I called Tyrone a couple of days ago and I said, man, I got to back out of this crypto hater stuff. And he's like, why? I said, like, look, so we run a TAMP and a manager of ours put up a purchase for an Ethereum ETF. And when we have managers on our platform, we, we execute this. Obviously, that's in an ETF format. It may be a little different in some people's view. But the point is, what I was telling Tyrone, it's like, look, man, I I can't be so vocal about my hate towards something. But at the same time, you know, managers on a platform are using a version of that. And so it's not a hypothetical question anymore. A month ago, it would have been, but it's not a hypothetical question. So yes, we can all hate each other's opinion and still go and have dinner. So it's all good. Like I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to figure out what the pros and cons are. And I may still hate it, but if there's demand, I'm not on my high horse. I, I'm here to meet demand.
0: I was taught in a boiler room when I was learning to cold call years ago. The CEO walked out the office to all of us in the bullpen, cold call, and he would say the same thing every morning. When you pick up that phone and dial, if a man wants blue shoes, sell him blue shoes. <laughs> and that was what he would say every day. Give the client what they want. So, all right, we're coming to the end here. And again, I want to keep with this theme again for everybody listen. I definitely underestimated how hard this was going to be. This might be the beginning and end of this series. <laughs> I don't think I could do I don't think I, can do I make
1: notes and everything,
0: man. I got bullet points to go through. <laughs> but we're going to get to those right now. So usually in these type of podcasts, they go, well, what is one takeaway you want people to leave with or whatever? So I want you guys, each of you, putting you on the spot here again, what is the one thing that you would say to people out there that you want them to know to stay away from crypto until further notice. But what is the one thing that you say, until X, don't touch it or whatever, when this happens, I'll, but I'll leave it up to you. But what is the one thing you want people to walk away with that would give them more pause and concern as opposed to listening to the other podcast that is all cheerleading, pom-poms, rah-rah, and all of that? Courtney, you're up. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I think the one takeaway is just to be thoughtful and to do the research. Like I've read the Satoshi paper. I'm trying to dig into like the logistics of how it all works. And it's really complicated because I don't have like a super technical background, like IT background. Learn about it. That's my takeaway for people is just to keep learning about it and understand the risks of it, understand the tax implications, understand the regulatory implications, and then choose to do that. Make an active choice that's like, yes, I am going to invest a small amount in Bitcoin because my portfolio and my financial planning picture can handle it. But you have to be thoughtful about it. Do not just like get caught up in the rush of it. And also Bitcoin so far uses a lot of energy, perhaps maybe not more than our current banking system, but it does use a lot of energy. So please be aware of that as well.
0: So to that point, I actually moderated a panel this week. It was nuclear energy and bitcoin mining. And I literally was like this the whole panel. What (laughs) do I need to do? All right, Ronnie. What is one thing you want people to know right now to stay away from this stuff? Don't touch it until further notice. What do you got for me?
1: Don't think of it as an everyday transactional device. There is such, by design, a lack of regulation on this. There are no consumer protections in this at all. So if you decide to go and and try to spend some of your Bitcoin on coffee or, you know, something from Best Buy or whatever, understand that if you don't get what you paid for, you ain't getting your money back. There is no take backsies in this environment. There's no way to, you know, claw back or reverse a transaction. There are no consumer protections whatsoever. So if you're going to do it, hold it. You know, Treat it as a long-term buy and hold investment if you're going to do it at all. Don't try and have one of these wallets where you can go, mm, I'm going to buy me a latte and I'm going to buy this you know, HDMI cable over here. No, 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 no. All
0: right, Manish, bring us home. Why should people just watch and not stick their hand in the jar?
3: I mean, I'm, I'm asset class agnostic. I mean, do you buy whatever you want, but just make sure you understand what the maximum drawdown is of any asset, including Bitcoin do it if you want, but just be aware if you're willing to tolerate those drawdowns, which can obviously historically has shown be in excess of 50, 60%, right? And hey, so can Amazon, right? So the point is, you know, do you do whatever makes you happy, but don't cry if you are going to tolerate and and get hit with those drawdowns. So just be mindful of what you're willing to lose and not get sucked up in the rah-rah.
0: So but that concludes an incredibly fun conversation. I want to thank you all. Seriously, gratitude for this. I think it's a lot of fun. I think our peers and colleagues will enjoy this because I know they're like, "Ooh, I want to go next. Right. Just to be able to to vent frustration. Um, the other thing is, is I do on every episode and I think you all agree with me here. This isn't a Bitcoin about anything else. I always say at the end of every episode if you made it this far. It's a problem that children go to bed hungry in this country and to raise awareness for No Kid Hungry. So if you made it this far in the podcast, you know what's coming. Please go to No Kid Hungry. Help me help these folks feed hungry children because at the end of the day, no matter who you vote for, your color, Bitcoin, not Bitcoin or whatever, we should all be very uncomfortable that children go to bed hungry in this country. I appreciate each of you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. Can't wait for this to get out. Hopefully I see you all soon. And for everybody listening, when you live life, live it on purpose. I appreciate you.
4: We are witnessing the greatest paradigm shift in finance in modern history. Join thousands of newsmakers and influencers talking the future of money at Consensus by CoinDesk. A live virtual experience of leaders, change makers, virtual reality meetups, keynotes from Ray Dalio, Gary Vaynerchuk and much more. Get an up close look at the boom in crypto, the surge of institutional investment in Bitcoin, the NFT mania, the breakneck innovation in decentralized finance and the coming disruption from central bank digital currencies. Coindesk Reports listeners can visit events.coindesk.com and use the promo code REPORTS to save $25. Join us May 24th through the 27th for Consensus by Coindesk. Register today at events.coindesk.com. We'll see you there.